Senator Ted Cruz uh, speaking with uh, members of the uh, uh, Biden administration's Office of Science and Technology when it comes to the issue of uh, emissions. You see, emissions is one of the basic reasons why the Democrats are tearing down all of these existing power plants, even though China is building about 100 power plants a month, essentially, mostly out of coal and uh, not natural gas, just, just coal, basically. They're building coal plants using American technology. Uh, you know, these are American companies that are actually building those so-called clean coal power plants in China. In fact, all throughout Asia, there are so many American coal-fired power plants going up uh, that it is almost incredible to think about it. Many of the designs are U.S. designed, but any cases are being built by Chinese firms. Also, India is another one uh, with a number of power plants coming up. And the primary reason for it, because of all these electric vehicles, EVs, motorcycles, uh, you know, the tricycles, uh, little cars, and all this, you know, they multiply this by, by several uh, thousands. And essentially what is happening is that people are forgetting that in order to charge these vehicles, guess what? The rest of the world is burning coal. Now you know why it's so hot outside. Mm. OSTB has done a lot of work under President Biden on energy and climate. And, and there may be no area of science that is more politicized than energy and climate. Of the almost 200 nations on planet Earth, which nation has reduced its CO2 emissions by the greatest number of total tons over the last 15 years? Uh, Senator Cruz, I, uh, I would probably want to look at the data to give you a complete answer to that. I know the U.S. has been uh, very good at reducing our emissions after having a long history of being the greatest emitter. Okay, uh, the complete the answer is the, the United world. States of America, which has reduced our CO2 emissions by more than 600 million metric tons in the past 15 years. And my last question, because my time has expired, what is the principal cause of the United States leading the world in the reduction of CO2 emissions? And there, there is an objectively correct answer to this. Um, Senator, from my recollection of looking at the shifts in uh, U.S. emissions, they have come about, I believe, from a combination of uh, efficiency improvements, of shifts in manufacturing, uh, and of uh, the adoption of renewables. Okay, that question is, that answer is scientifically false. The answer for the principal cause of the reduction of CO2 emissions is the substitution of natural gas for coal in the production of electricity. That is objective, it is scientific fact, and it is dismaying to me that your answer to this committee is the political answer rather than actually talking about science and data and facts. And it also explains why the Biden administration has a relentless hostility to natural gas, even though it is the principal driver of carbon reductions. That is not science, that is politics, and frankly, it's bad politics. Senator Rosen. Senator Ted Cruz uh, speaking with uh, members of the uh, uh, Biden administration's Office of Science and Technology when it comes to the issue of uh, emissions. You see, emissions is one of the basic reasons why the Democrats are tearing down all of these existing power plants, 
even though China is building about a hundred power plants a month, essentially, mostly out of coal and、uh, not natural gas, just just coal. Basically, they're building coal plants using American technology.、Uh, you know, these are American companies that are actually building those so-called clean coal power plants in China. In fact. All throughout Asia, there are so many American coal-fired power plants going up、uh, that it is almost incredible to think about it. Many of the designs are U.S. designed, but in many cases, they're being built by Chinese firms. Also, India is another one、uh, with a number of power plants coming up, and the primary reason for it because of all these electric vehicles, EVs, motorcycles. Uh, you know, the tricycles,、uh, little cars, and all this. You know, they multiply this by by several、uh, thousands. And essentially, what is happening is that people are forgetting that in order to charge these vehicles, guess what? The rest of the world is burning coal. Now you know why it's so hot outside.、Mm. I grew up have cancer, and why can't for the longest time? Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation, but that's the past, and we're going to get we're going to build a different future with one one with clean energy, good-paying jobs. Just 15 years ago, America generated more than half its electricity from coal, coal-fired plants. Today, that's down to 20 percent because there's a big transition happening. Many of these fossil fuel plants are becoming sites for new clean energy construction. Others are switching to new clean technologies. Look at Brayton Point. Today, Brayton is one of the frontiers on the frontier of clean energy in America. On this site, they'll manufacture 248 miles of high-tech, heavy-duty cables. Those specialized subsea cables are necessary to tie offshore wind farms to the existing grid. Manufacturing these cables will mean good-paying jobs for 250 workers. As many workers as the old plant power plant had at its peak, and the port, the port here, 34 feet deep, was used to carry coal into the power plant. Now we're going to use that same port to carry components of for wind power into the sea. The converter station here and the substation nearby are the assets that move energy across the power lines. They'll now move clean electricity. Generated offshore by the wind, enough power to power hundreds of thousands of homes onto the grid, putting old assets to work, delivering clean energy. This didn't happen by accident. It happened because we believed and invested in America's innovation and ingenuity. One of the companies investing in the factory here joined me at the White House this month, Vineyard Winds, whose CEO told me about the groundbreaking project labor agreements. They've negotiated with great, good-paying union jobs, and I want to compliment Congressman Bill Keating for his work in this area. I'm also proud to point out that my administration approved the first commercial project for offshore wind in America, which is being constructed by Vineyard Winds. Folks, elsewhere in the country, we are where we are propelling retrofits and ensuring that even where fossil fuel plants retires. They still have a role in powering the future. In Illinois, for example, the state has launched a broad effort to invest in converting old power plants to solar farms, led by Governor Pritzker. 
In California, the IBW members have helped turn a former oil plant into the world's largest battery storage facility, the world's largest facility. In Wyoming, innovators are chosen to a retiring plant as the next site for the next generation nuclear plant. And my, my administration is a partner in that progress, driving federal resources and funding to the communities that have powered this country for generations. And that's why they need to be taken care of as well. I want to thank Cecil Roberts, a friend and President of the United Mine Workers of America, and so many other labor leaders who worked with, this, were worked with on these initiatives. Since I took office, we've invested more than $4 billion in federal funding to the 25 hardest-hit coal communities in the country, from West Virginia to Kentucky to Wyoming to New Mexico. Through the infrastructure law, we're investing in clean hydrogen, nuclear, and carbon capture for the largest grid investment in American history. We've secured $16 billion to clean up abandoned mines and wells, protecting thousands of communities from toxins and waste, particularly methane. And we still, and we're going to seal leaking methane pollution, an incredibly power greenhouse gas that's 40 times more dangerous to the environment than carbon dioxide. And folks, with American leadership back on climate, I was able to bring more world leaders together than we got 100 nations together to agree that the major conference in Glasgow, England, to, I mean, Scotland, to change the emissions policies we have. We've made real progress, but there's an enormous task ahead. We have to keep retaining and recruiting building trades and union electricians for jobs in wind, solar, hydrogen, and nuclear, creating even more and better jobs. We have to revitalize communities, especially those fence line communities that are smothered by the legacy of pollution. We have to outcompete China and in the world and make these technologies here in the United States not have to import them. Folks, when I think about climate change, and I've been saying this for three years, I think jobs. Climate change, I think jobs. Almost 100 wind turbines going up off the coast of Massachusetts, Rhode Island, with ground broken and work underway. Jobs manufacturing 2,500 ton steel foundations that anchor these offshore wind farms to the sea floor. Jobs manufacturing a Jones Act vessel in Texas to service these offshore wind farms. We're going to make sure that the ocean is open for the clean energy of our future and everything we can do give a green light to wind power on the Atlantic coast where my predecessor's actions only created confusion. And today, we began the process to develop wind power in the Gulf of Mexico as well for the first time. A real opportunity to power millions of additional homes from wind. Let's clear the way. Let's clear the way for clean energy and connect these projects to the grid. I've directed my administration to clear every federal hurdle and streamline federal permitting that brings these clean energy projects online right now and right away. And some of you have already come up and talked to me about that. And while so many governors and mayors have been strong partners in this fight to tackle climate change, we need all governors and mayors. We need public utility commissioners and state agency heads. We need electric utilities and developers to stand up and be part of the solution. Don't be a roadblock. 
You all have a duty right now to our economy, to our competitiveness in the world, to the young people in this nation, and to future generations. That sounds like hyperbole, but it's not. It's real. To act boldly on climate. And so does Congress, which, notwithstanding the leadership of the men and women that are here today, has failed in his duty. Not a single Republican in Congress stepped up to support my climate plan. Not one. So let me be clear. Climate change is an emergency. And in the coming weeks, I'm going to use the power I have as President to turn these words into formal, official government actions through the appropriate proclamations, executive orders, and regulatory power that the President possesses. When it comes to fighting for climate change, climate change, I will not take no for an answer. I will do everything in my power to clean our air and water, protect our people's health, to win the clean energy future. This, again, sounds like hyperbole. Our children and grandchildren are counting on us. Not a joke. Not a joke. If we don't keep it below 1.5 degrees centigrade, we lose it all. We don't get to turn it around. And the world is counting on us. As this is the United States of America. When we put our hearts and minds to it, there's not a single thing beyond our capacity. I mean it. When we act together, and of all things we should be acting together on, it's climate. It's climate. And by the way, my dear mother, God rest her soul, you say, Joey, out of everything bad, something good will come if you look hard enough. Look what's happening. We're going to be able to create as many or more good-paying jobs. We're going to make environments where people live safer. We're going to make the clean the air safer. I, I really mean it. We have an opportunity here. I'll bet you when you see what's happened here in this cable construction here, manufacturing, and you go back and ask all the people who grew up in this beautiful place what they'd rather have. They want the plant back with everything it had or what you're going to have. I will be dumbfounded if you find anybody other than for pure sentimental reasons saying, I'd rather have a coal plant. I'll end by telling you another quick story. When we moved from Scranton, when coal died in Scranton, everything died in Scranton. And my dad wasn't a coal miner. My, my, my great-grandfather was a mining engineer. But my dad was in sales, and there was no work. So we left to go down to Delaware. I told you where those oil plants were. But I remember driving home when you take the trolley in Scranton, going out North Washington and Adams Avenues. Within 15 blocks, we didn't live in the neighborhood, the most prestigious neighborhood in the region, in the, in the, in the town where the Scrantons and other good, decent people live. There was a — you'd go by a wall that my recollection is was somewhere between 15 and 18 feet tall, and it went for the — essentially a city block. And you could see the coal piled up to the very top of the wall from inside. It was a coal-fired plant, a coal-fired plant. And all of that — all of the negative impacts of breathing that coal, the dust, affecting everybody. But at the time, people didn't know it, and there wasn't any alternative. Folks, we have no excuse now.
We know it. There are answers for it. We can make things better in terms of jobs. We can make things better in terms of the environment. We can make things better for families overall. So I'm looking forward to this movement. Thank you, thank you, thank you. May God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Thank you. Thank you to the main event. <laughs> no, analysis of the whole speech by uh, President Biden uh, speaking in Massachusetts at this uh, new wind farm plant and uh, basically wire factory that will be developed into a major offshore weather, weather safe wind farm. Let's just hope he's just not blowing more hot air. I'm Mike Cohen. This is Mike of New York. And here's the president. Listen in. My mother drove us, and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time, Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. 